musical ears, and I'd like you all to use your pincer grip, thumb, first finger, and go like this with your ears. Bring it down, bring it down, and pinch your earlobe. I've been working with a little girl with autism, so I've been learning a lot about sensory processing. And so when um, a child has um, differing um, abilities, um, the use of um, your physical uh, body is very profound. And so when we touch certain body parts, it awakens them and they're ready to go. So as we touch our own ears tonight, I want you to tell your ear, be ready to go. Be ready to listen, right? So thank you for that, Hayley, because that just confirmed what I needed to share. And if you see your neighbour maybe just, you know, having a little bit of a lull in their chair, just a little bit of a falling asleep happening, just give them a little pinch on the earlobe. Boop! Boop! In love, of course, in love. But, you know, it's time to alert ourselves. It's not a tickling ears message. It's not a tickling ears message, it's a tuned in ears message, okay? So tonight I want to talk to you about, I don't know if anyone can see, but I've got my little, you know, thing me here, God consumed versus self-consumed. Smile for the picture. (laughs) So so when I think about the word banquet, I think of a beautifully, beautifully set table with a fine linen tablecloth beautifully laid with the most delicate dinnerware, sparkling glassware, and the best silverware in the house. It's awaiting with anticipation its fine guests. But this is just merely the physical. How much more abundance and opulence do we think is awaiting for us who say yes to our groom? The wedding feast, the banquet of the lamb. This is what a person looks like who is God-consumed. That old song springs to mind. He brought me into his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Paul, you'd remember that one, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Thought you would. (laughs) And with actions, please. (laughs) That's right, actions too. So Simon said last week that God is intentional and purposeful in his love for us. Yes, he is. And I want to testify to his goodness, his faithfulness, and his overabundance of love in my life. At the start of this year, while we were away on holiday, the Lord gave me these two specific phrases that have been speaking and impacting me ever since. Casual consumers versus passionate participants. A casual consumer is complacent, apathetic, self-consumed. The dictionary meaning of apathy is absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. It's a lack of interest in or concern for others that others find... Sorry, it's a lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. A year ago, almost to the day, the night before the um, family business meeting, the AGM that we had upstairs, I had a dream about a man who came into our living room and sat on our couch. Greg and I were deep in conversation and um, we were sharing and talking about the goodness of God in our lives. And I looked over to this man and he had fallen asleep. 
And we carried on with that conversation. And then I looked again, and I realized that this man had slumped in his chair. And he hadn't actually just fallen asleep. He'd actually died. However, Greg and I were undistracted by this, and we continued on with our conversation. We were deep in conversation. There was so much life happening between us. We carried on with our conversation. We carried on with our weekend. It was sometime later on the Saturday afternoon, I said to Greg, hey, what happened with that guy? And he said to me, um, quite casually actually, he said, oh, he was too heavy for me to lift, and I didn't have my um, you know, strong mates like Rodney over here to help me carry him outside. He wasn't at home. So I just popped him behind the couch, and I said, oh, okay. And I turned and I looked, and behind the couch were his work boots standing up like this. And there he was. And then I woke up, and that was the end of the dream. I was quite shocked by the dream, and it stuck, stuck and it struck me all that next day until I came to a revelation that it wasn't actually about physical death. It wasn't about physical death at all. It was about spiritual death. And that is way, way, way more significant and serious. Spiritual slumber, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Hmm, reminds me of that proverb. Proverbs 6, 10 and 11. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. In October 2012, we had a specific prophecy for the rock, and part of it said God wants to awaken the sleepy-headed church of New Zealand. Who remembers that? I would encourage us all to go back and read these. They're on the website, and they're also in booklet form. Um, They are pivotal in the reconstruction work God has been doing here in us as individuals, but also as a body here at The Rock. This is what it would look like to be consumed with his living words. It is time to get serious and be urgent in our pursuit of him and be awoken from our slumber. It is a time for us to apprehend the apathy, to take it by force, hands behind the back, duct tape over the mouth, suppressing any speech to come forth, to abolish it and get it out that door. But instead, we tend to entertain the apathy. We give it a chair at the table. We give it a glass of wine, and we allow it to speak and bring forth lies and deception. This has been casually consumed and consumed with self. There is nothing casual about God. A casual God would have sent someone else's son to die. Instead, he sent his only son to die. Like Greg said last week, it would be criminal for us to not only to not accept and come into all he has for us, knowing that he gave us his all. I have recently watched The War Room, that movie. Um, it's a powerful movie about prayer, and I would highly recommend it. A friend of mine actually gave it to me, um, and so if you'd like to borrow it, just come and um, let me know, because it really is a powerful tool. We're just going to watch a clip of it now. Now, I ran a sales report from the area. I wrote down a suggested asking price for the house. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Now, what did you say your husband did for a living? Um, well, we actually haven't talked about that, but he's a sales rep for Brightwell Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, where did you say you attended church? Well, we occasionally attend Riverdale Community. Mm-hmm. So you would say you know the Lord? Yes, I would say I know the Lord. You think the Lord is okay with this asking price? Mm-hmm. And you have children? Miss Clara, my husband Tony and I have been married for 16 years. We have one daughter, her name is Danielle, and she's 10. She enjoys pop music and ice cream and jumping rope. Oh, well, that, that's good to know. Now, you say you attend church occasionally. Is that because your pastor only preaches occasionally? Miss Clara, I really would like to help you sell your house. That's why I'm here. As far as my faith is concerned, I believe in God, just like most people. He's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get our coffee. So if I asked you what your prayer life was like, would you say that it was hot or cold? I don't know that I would say it's hot. I mean, we're like most people. We have full schedules. We work. But I, I would consider myself a spiritual person. I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. Just, you know, somewhere in the middle. Here you go. I've got cream or sugar if you need Oh, it. no, thank you. I like it black. Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature? No, baby, mine's hot. <laughs> Elizabeth, people drink their coffee hot or cold, but nobody likes it lukewarm, not even the Lord. Point taken, Miss Clara. But why do you feel the need to examine my personal life? Because I've been where you are, and you don't have to step on the same landmines that I did. That's a waste of time. And this asking price is just fine. Let me get you a hot cup of coffee. <laughs> I was a little sneaky last time. <laughs> Thanks, God. I don't want to be lukewarm. Sobering, isn't it? Let's be God-consumed, not self-consumed. Apathy speaks of the state of our heart. Matthew 24, 12 and 13. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. I'll read that again. Matthew 24, 12. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Wow. The love of most. That is really scary. What is lawlessness? It's the opposite of righteousness, innocence, anything that is not in right standing with God. Increased suggests that it has always been a part of our existence, but now there is more. Way back in Genesis, we see this lawlessness. Genesis 6, 5 and 6. Then the Lord, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6, the Lord was sorry that he had made the man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Back to Matthew 24, 13. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. So the question remains, where is our love at? I pray that we will not be found out with a cold, dull heart. Let's be consumed by him. 
Debbie Bryson from the Wisdom for Women devotional says, don't be careless with your life and don't be careless with your soul. Proverbs 1, 29 to 33, because they hated knowledge and they did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. This is what happens when we are self-consumed. When we eat from the fruit of self, it is fermented fruit. It is mouldy and it's inedible and it taints the whole apple. So example A. some fermented apples it's the fruit of self it's the flesh it speaks of lack and destruction Galatians 5 19 and 20 our fleshly desires pop out immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmities strife jealousy outbursts of anger disputes dissensions drunkenness and envying wow that's quite a list so who likes eating fermented fruit? I think we could all say we don't. But if we're honest with ourselves, we've all been probably guilty of partaking at least one of those characteristics. The good news is, however, that we don't need to live in the flesh, which sets its desire against the spirit. Galatians 5.17 We have been given the spirit to walk and be led by the spirit. Woohoo to that. And this is the partaking of the fruit of righteousness, or the fruit of the Spirit being God-consumed. Let me show you example B. The good fruit, the crisp, ripe apple. It speaks of abundance and life. And out pops the good fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. I call these people passionate participants. Purposeful positioning. God consumed. These people are purposeful in all their ways. They position themselves to receive the word of God. Hear, accept God's word. And believe that it will perform its work in them. On Christmas Day last year, we had the privilege of hosting our own banquet style luncheon in the auditorium. Wow, what an absolute blessing it was for me to be involved in something like this. It brought forth so much life and love, and throughout the day, conversations were flowing bountifully. I was sitting with a local Johnsonville family, and I was asking an interesting question about our posters on our services at the back of the auditorium. What is impartation? As I attempted to answer it in an articulate but not over-the-top way, it got me thinking, do we come ready to be imparted to each week? by listening with our spiritual ears open and alert? Are we imparting what we hear each week to others? Do we even come together? And do we know why we come together? I was discussing this with another rockite who was there, and she shared with me the scripture. The Passion Translation gives a beautiful depiction of why we come together. Romans 1, 11 to 12. I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you, for I long to impart to you the gift of the Spirit that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged, 
and co-comforted by each other's faith. Wow, what a powerful promise for us when we are consumed by, by um, when we are consumed by Him and we come together. His living manner from heaven, which really changes us, and I can testify to this position as I've learnt to really wait on the Lord, hear and meditate on His living word in Him. It has produced such life that at times it's actually hard to contain my excitement. The other morning, the Lord woke me at three a.m. to reiterate that point. I was trying to go back to sleep, and I knew that if I didn't write the notes in my phone, um, I would miss it in the morning. And it was only giving me three hours later. I was getting up at six. I'm like, okay, I just, I'm, I'm just going to go back to sleep. It's like, no, do it, do it. So I got my phone out. It was super bright. I couldn't actually see it properly because it was like, and Greg was snoring and, and sleeping. And I'm like, okay. So I had to turn down the brightness and write the little notes. And the word was, eat my flesh. Meditate on the living word, him, and drink my blood. Allow his lifeblood, life source within me, to take over, to be saturated in him. This is how you become God-consumed. It's like the Michelin man. You know that Michelin man that puffs up so much that there isn't anything left inside? It's just all this big air. It's like that. There's nothing left of me. Smith Wigglesworth says, how may I more and more abandon myself from any earthly human fellowship until I am absolutely so bound to God that God has the right of way to the throne of my heart until the center of my emotions is blessedly purified, until there is no room for anything except the Son of God, who is the author and finisher of faith. Then Christ will be manifested in your flesh, destroying everything that is outside of him. The scriptures, his living word, comes to life. I was in the shower one morning, and the scripture, Christ in me, the hope of glory, kept going around and around and around in my head until it was like a drum beating on my heart. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I started banging on the shower wall. It was weird, but it was true, as it became a living conviction within me. The living word, him, Jesus, in me, is the hope of glory. It's eternal. It's for eternity. It's mind-blowing. Wigglesworth says, when the Holy Spirit gets possession of a person, he is a new being entirely. He becomes saturated with the divine power. We become a habitation of him who is all light, all revelation, all power, and all love. Yes, God the Holy Spirit is manifested within us in such a way that it is glorious. This is his way, and his way is the way. I am the way. Paul, you would remember this one as well. The way, the truth, and the life. The way. You'll just see this little note here. Sorry for those people that are on the other side of the room. The way. Wisdom is for W. W is also for worthy. It's his wisdom because he is worthy. A is for abandonment, and A is also for abundance. It's our abandonment and his abundance. Y is for yes and yearning. It's our yes and our yearning for more. We just want more and more of him when he engages with us in this way. So there becomes more abundance, 
more joy, more freedom, like we've never experienced before. The Lord started to speak to me about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, full stop. We often go on to the rest of the scripture, which is all about what he will do for me. He leads, leads, leads me beside quiet waters and I have a lovely rest. No, 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 no. How about he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let me give you a few recent examples where he has been my shepherd and I did not want. When I have been fully consumed by him. On my 40th birthday, I found myself in a bit of a dark place. Uh, and realised that I needed to finish my full-time management job at a early childhood centre. And I finished and I came home that night and Greg was going to take me out for a nice dinner for my birthday and I couldn't do it. I didn't have any emotional energy left. And so I had a shower and I got out of the shower and it was like the Lord just whispered into my ear, you had to step out to step into. And I was like, oh, that's flipping hilarious, isn't it? I'm not, I haven't got a job. I'm stepping into absolutely nothing. And it took me a while to realize that actually it was nothing about another job. The flesh again. It was about stepping into him, stepping into more of him. And as it turns out, six weeks after finishing that full-time job with a bit of money, I was given a new position as a teacher aide with less money, but oh my goodness, so much freedom and the vitality and the oh of him in me through this job has been incredible. It's been an absolute treasure and pleasure. As part of that, there is no extra resources to be buying clothes. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, and so, you know, and that was fine. I was like, yep, it's, it's fine. You know, I love being at home with the kids most of the time. Um, and having extra time and, you know, cooking nice meals and all the rest of it and just having freedom, really. Um, but there's not a whole lot of dollars, and yet I was content. And then a good friend of mine said, hey, my sister-in-law is going through her closet and throwing out some clothes. Would you like to have a look at them? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't turn that, that down. And so I had a look at this bag, got it home, pulled out a few clothes, and I was just blown away. These weren't just any just you know, run-of-the-mill clothes. Some of these beautiful clothes were like Trelise Cooper and silk and satin and stunning handbags and shoes. And I was like, you're what? And I was just blown away by the kindness of the Lord and his personal provision for me. And that was only physical, you know? As far as his spiritual provision goes, I mean, I've already shared about his, his provision, which just seems to increase by intensity day by day. But let me say, his abundance of freedom and joy and ideas and dreams, so many dreams. I just want to turn off that dream little thing at times. For others and God-given strategies that bless others and bring glory to him is absolutely endless. So are we ready to partake of him and stop being casually consumed, but instead passionately pursue him with everything we are? I know I am, that it's the only way to be, and it's the only way to live. Choose this day whom you will serve, Joshua twenty four fifteen. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thanks, guys. I think we've got just some handouts, just so we can just dialogue.
and ask some questions. Um, you know, it's been uh, incredible to be part of Danny's journey. And uh, it's interesting that um, we have this spot in the house, and you've sort of heard me say it, which is sort of there's a, a light in, in from the couch, and, and that was my spot. And now it's her spot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see just as, as what she's saying and be part of that and to see it happen. And, um, you know, constantly, 5 o'clock, she's gone. And the cool thing is we've got this massive bed, so you don't realize, you know. But I'll like, I'll over and I go like that, okay. And her side's all made, you know, and she's upstairs. And <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> but from her disciplining herself, because it started in discipline, you know, desires come and now delight is being birthed. And uh, it's interesting, you know, because it's like the... the you know, our mouths don't stop. We, we, we talk so much. It's like and she, one of us needs to stop in here because <laughs> it's just this abundance. So um, <clears throat> it's it's just awesome to see it and to be part of it and to see my wife growing in him um, like we all are, you know, and then uh, to be able to, to speak. So let's get into the, the notes. Just um, delegate someone to ask the question and then um, dialogue about uh, what he wants to say through us.